Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Good morning, Mike. It's nice to see you this morning. Good morning, Sherry. It is nice to see you as well. And today we're going to have another episode of Behind the Warrior. Yes, we are. And for our listening audience, thank you all for joining us. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Heath and Elaine Brewer. They are the founders of Humble Warrior Wellness Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. In addition to that, I just want to let our listening audience know that this episode is going to be progressive. We're going to talk about with Heath and Elaine with uh, about their experiences in their military career. Elaine is a military spouse and mom. She's also a certified yoga instructor and also Heath's experience as an active duty Navy EOD technician. And then we're going to lead into an experience with uh, NICO that they both had. And NICO stands for the National Intrepid Center of Excellence out of Walter Reed in Maryland. And then we'll lead into the Humble Warrior Wellness um, Center and how that actually got started. So just for our listening audience, I wanted to preface that so you know where we're going. But welcome, Heath and Elaine. Hey, hey. thanks for having us today. Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's so nice to hear your voices from Colorado, and we understand that fall is arriving in your beautiful state. So we're we're a little jealous here because in the panhandle, uh, we're still getting hot and humid weather. <laughs> yeah, welcome, guys, and uh, please send that beautiful, cool, crisp weather here to Florida. It's still humid here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll try. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, as um, before, we get. Too far into uh, the interview, I always like to ask uh, for um, our interviewees to tell us a little bit about themselves to our audience. So, if Heath, if you'd like to lead the way and, and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I'll turn turn it over to Elaine. Sure, Sherry. Um, I was born in Kentucky uh, in 81. Uh, I was raised in St. Louis. My parents divorced when I was in uh, fifth, sixth grade. So, I spent... Um, you know, most of my adolescence and in life in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I joined the Navy in um, 2000. And then while I was in boot camp and A school, I chose uh, to go the EOD route. I spent my entire EOD career in Virginia Beach, except for a short stint in uh, Monterey, where I went to learn Arabic for a break, at least I thought that's what it was going to be. It was not a break. <laughs> um, and then I uh, went back to Virginia Beach and finished out my uh, most of my career before I decided to come out here to Colorado Springs for my uh, you know last couple of years in the Navy. So, and I retire yeah this month. Awesome! Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations, Heath. That's awesome. Um, Elaine, would you like to tell us about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I am also from St. Louis, Missouri and, uh, grew up there, met, uh, Heath and I and his brothers all went to the same high school. So I was acquaintances with Heath. I wouldn't say we were friends, but we knew of each other. And, um, when I was 19, he came back from his first deployment and I was pretty newly single and had my eye on him immediately. <laughs> and um, for the next 
couple of years we did long distance when he was in Virginia Beach and um, I came out to Monterey, California with him and um, then moved to Virginia Beach with him as well. And out there I became a group fitness instructor and I worked at a veterinary office for about six years. And then we had our kids and that kind of became my um, primary job from then on. So, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, well, Heath, um, you you said that you were Navy. You are a Navy EOD technician and and do um, to retire soon. So, you know, our listening audience and military understands what a dangerous job that um, EOD does and how important it is. And with that, um, can you tell us how many combat deployments that you made as an EOD technician? I uh, made around 12. Um, I'd had more, around 12 uh, combat deployments, all ranging from about two to six months apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I had short little, uh, I guess, contingency operations that I took off on. They were a lot uh, shorter in duration. Mm-hmm. Understood. And, you know, as I said, um, you were absolutely put in dangerous situations and, we also understand that there's a level of loss and an injury that happens and that you can be witness to. And I know it's a hard question, but how, how did you cope with, with losses and, and your comrades and friends being injured? You know, I really didn't cope with any of it until, uh, way later on. Um, I thought I was at the time, and uh, we'll get in probably a little bit of this, you know, when we start talking about NICO, but I was really numb to everything. It uh, really was just came became like business as usual, going to a, a memorial or something like that. It was just like, okay, let's go put toss on our dress blues, go to the memorial, and it never really, it never really did cope with any of it until a long time. It was just completely numb, and uh, yeah, so... It wasn't until later on, until after NICO, until I started actually being able to, you know, crack those emotions out of the, the shells that had been built up around it, you mm-hmm. know, over the, you know, the course of uh, 20 years, maybe even longer, um, that I was able to really start, you know, understanding what I had been through, some of the danger I'd been, you know, put in, some of the, uh, you know, just normal processes of the brain that it does to, um, you know, con- let us continue doing our job and survive. Right. Thank you, Heath. At the uh, EOD Warrior Foundation, um, over the years, we absolutely know, have witnessed, and and work with families that are affected by multiple deployments and uh, the traumas that that come with that, and how they affect the families. Elaine, how did you manage the the stress of the many deployments? That Heath went on and the subsequent trauma. How, how did you cope with that? Uh, well, at first, I, you know, I was just so proud to kind of be at the command that we were at. That was the command that he had wanted to be at since I think we first met. That was his ultimate goal. So when we got there, um, I did really well. I had a great outlet with working out and um, 
And then as time went on and there were more losses and it felt like it was just a continuous cycle of um, deployments, death and divorce. And that really started to weigh on me. And that's when a lot of the anxiety and depression kicked in. Um, I started numbing, having toxic drinking habits just to kind of get through a lot of this stuff. I didn't feel like I could fully understand or feel, you know, wanted to feel all these emotions that I was going through. I, you know, it eventually just thought really that, you know, I'm the next one getting divorced. My husband is the next one who's going to die. And that really kind of weighed on me very heavily. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty difficult going through so many and, and so many losses. So, um, yeah, I mean, at first I, I did a good job and then, you know, then it really started weighing. I started, you know, waiting for somebody to come notify me. I would start, you know, if I didn't get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning, I would wake up and start cleaning the house because I was like, this is something I can control. If, if somebody's coming to notify me, at least my house is going to be clean. So it was just a very, I don't know, it became tumultuous and toxic for me eventually. Mm -hmm. And uh, something else that I found very fascinating when Sherry and I had spoken to both of you is that both of you uh, were responding differently to what was going on, and uh, and you had to acknowledge that. Could you could you talk about how you were responding one way, Heath was responding another, and how did you guys come to the realization that it's time to get some help? Yeah, so I was just really having so many feelings and so many emotions about everything. And I was having major, major panic attacks eventually towards the end. And um, Keith was numbing, basically, which made me feel even more alone in my feelings because I just thought he didn't care. He didn't have emotions because he was just so completely shut off. And I felt like I was feeling everything like times a hundred. So there was a huge disconnect, which, you know, obviously didn't help our relationship very much, um, you know, in that instance. So it was very interesting. Well, I'll let him kind of go into, you know, what his feelings were. I, I didn't really have any. So, <laughs> um, and I didn't know I didn't well, have any. Well, you did, but they were suppressed. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it was... So, you know, within the window of tolerance, you have the, uh, you know, hyper and hypo. I was very hypo and, uh, I was just kind of turned off. So even, and I didn't know that. So, um, you know, when you ask like, you know, you know, what, what made me go seek help or anything, I really didn't go seek help for, for that. I was completely taken off guard when I went to NICO. Um, although I had been pushing NICO for years I wanted him to go before we even um, came to Colorado because I just heard how much it helped so many people. And I had kind of seen his, um, you know, emotional shutting off and this had been going on for years. So I had known that there was something going on. I didn't know what, but I had been pushing NICO for so long. And I had heard from 
guys who had went who, you know, uh, were saying, oh, you need to go, you know, make sure, you know, you have all these doctors with you, you know, they can help you put, you know, all, all your stuff in your medical record and so they can get everything documented before you, uh, before you retire. So when you go to file your VA claims, you know, you, all your record is straight. So um, that's what I was going to NICO for. I was going there to, you know, my back hurt, my, you know, knees hurt, my neck hurts. So like, and all the, all the physical injuries that I knew I had, um, I was completely unaware that I had any kind of, um, you know, mental injuries. Right. So, um, both of you dealt with it in very different ways. And you also communicated the fact that you felt that NICO was going to be, uh, a very good place for you to go to get evaluated, to get treat, mm-hmm. treatment, and then to have involvement and plans going forward. Um, since you were and are still active duty, how did you find your way to NICO? What what did you both or 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 Heath? What did you ultimately have to do in order to get to NICO? How did, how was your experience in getting there? Um, it was quite easy for me. Um, I the the command I was at really uh pushed it when you could t- have the time um it was it was, it was it was kind of easy i was in a special operations command so it just seemed easier for us to be able to to go to it um and actually when i went there it was all you know special operations guys uh who were going there so um it was it was, it was quite easy all i had to do is put in for it and i uh, talked to my know my pa and my command and uh they put me right in for is uh really quite easy yeah we were um extremely fortunate to be at the command that we were at because they really did um believe and push the guys before retirement to to get in and go to nico and and kind of do this work um so it was really great that we had kind of them on our side with this so uh, for, for those who are listening and are active duty and struggling with multiple deployments, possible traumatic brain injury, PTSD, et cetera, uh, would your recommendation be for them to contact their primary care managers and speak to them about this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things that I ended up at the end of my, my time period there I was looking at it, and of course, I was very grateful for having the uh, opportunity to go, and that you know how easy it was for me mm. to, to get there. Um, but what it, what it made me really think about was, you know, the Army infantry grunts, the guys that were there in Iraq uh, with me in '03, the guys who got extended for 18 months. You know, they're not they're not in the special operations fields, but they absolutely deserve. And uh, should be going to this type of thing. It should be across the board. Uh, everybody should have a program to go like to the uh, like this for a uh, you know their entire program and process before before they get out. And the psychoeducation part was huge for me that I learned there. It um, that part I believe needs to be at the beginning of uh, in, guys in the military. So. And I think that specifically for this podcast, I think that it's important to say that in 2018, NICO started bringing in research and studies about how blast exposure um, affects the brain and the, you know, uh, 
the mental wellness of the brain. And so that's, I think, extremely important new research that's coming in that um, would greatly benefit the EOD community. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. And as a former recovery care coordinator for the Air Force for uh, some of our EOD techs that were coming back and, and needing uh, really good evaluations, and they were getting them, but uh, NICO definitely is probably one of the premier places to evaluate uh, the brain injury and also to to explain it and and put together a lot of really really good information. I mean that's that's all they do. So they do an excellent job. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> well, thank you both for sharing that. And my questions are are really the next questions are really about what your experiences were like there at NICO. And Heath, if you can just walk through maybe, um, a, you know, touch on a few really important pieces that you felt were, you know, pivotal in, in your recovery and your transition. And then Elaine, I will let you answer the same. Sure. Um, so while at NICO, before I went to NICO, I'd always, uh, I thought about on off, like why do, why are, why are veteran suicides so high? And, you know, I have had a couple, uh, you know, prior teammates and stuff that, you know, have lost their, their battles. So, and I, I never knew why. And I was, you know, really, you know, I'd heard of PTSD and all this stuff. And I'd heard, uh, people, uh, you know, from a mortar that landed on the base, you know, people were going home, you know, it's like, wow, I was way across base. Like, what's wrong with these people? You know, and I was thinking in my head, you know, I've, you know, had IEDs go off. I've been working on them. I uh, have, you know, all the, you know, all the car bombs and stuff like that, all the stuff we've witnessed over the years. And I'm fine. Like, I don't know what's wrong with these other people. So, you know, although I wasn't, you know, I was just completely shut off, but I didn't know that. So when I, when I had a lot of memory problems, um, memory problems and the, the n basically no emotions were, were my biggest symptoms, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, so after going to NICO and actually learning why I wasn't storing memories the way you're supposed to be and learning about the autonomic nervous system was a huge for me mm -hmm. and, uh, the way that works. And then learning the techniques, you know, to calm it down and to basically increase your window of tolerance. So it, so you don't automatically switch into a fight or flight. And like I, I was just in a, you know, a fight or flight state my entire, <laughs> I don't know how long, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, uh, you know, you, that's where we operate best. That's where our senses are open. You know, that's where we, that's where we practice when we're in training. That's when you, where you are, when you deploy, keeps you know, you it, keeps, alive. Yeah, it keeps you alive. <laughs> sure. And, uh, we get really comfortable being there. Our brains get really comfortable being there. So, um, Whenever anything would make me, you know, after years of this going on, uh, after years of it, you know, I would anytime the body or I would get uncomfortable at all, you know, you'd switch, it'd just switch over to fight or, or flight because that's what it knows. Threat or, yeah, anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, when it doesn't need to. So, learning all the balancing techniques. So, so that's that's what I call them as uh, balancing techniques. As much as we train our physical body, we need to train our mental body. To stay balanced, especially if you work in a uh, this type of uh, profession. Um, to me, it's not a matter of you know if this profession is going to affect you. It's just a matter of when and to what extent. 
So, and I throw our like first responders or police or emergency room workers, you know, all the things they see and deal with on a daily basis, fire departments, all the things they see on a daily basis, uh, it has an effect on your brain and it, and it's a normal effect. It's not a, that's why, you know, here at, um, no, we, we don't consider it a disorder. We consider it, you know, it's just a, a natural process that the brain does. So why would it be a disorder if it's the normal brain process? So mm-hmm. what happens is when you become unbalanced is when, you know, it can become a problem. So learning all the techniques and learning the way that the brain works and be able to rewire it is what I took from NICO. And then when I left there um, is when I, you know, my question had been answered about the veteran suicide stuff. I was like, well, you know, I had no idea this was going on inside me. Um, it, it took me completely off guard. Uh, you know, and I was just thinking, well, if I didn't have all this education and have this process and it happened later on in life, I was like, man, this could have, you know, very well saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was kind of the big things for me that I took away uh, from NICO. Well, thank you for sharing that, um, Heath. And, you know, it's an accumulative effect sometimes that happens. And yeah. um, after 12 deployments, I can certainly see the accumulation of just trauma that happens. And, and uh, you know, in order to be an effective operator, the, the flight or fight response is absolutely natural. But at some point in time, you know, it all affects us. So, mm-hmm. um, but thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, Elaine, would you like to tell us what your experience was uh, going to NICO and, um, you know, just what you came away with and uh, how important it was to you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, at NICO is a four-week um, outpatient program at Walter Reed. And for the last week, they kind of bring in the significant others, spouses, caregivers for um kind of like an overview of, you know, what their spouse had been doing and, um, you know, the different, I don't know, uh, medical procedures that they had done. And so I came in for the last week and I got to see, you know, the art therapy room and the music therapy and we did yoga and meditation together. And then I think the turning point for me is we are in one of our, do you mind if I tell you? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. no, go ahead. We're in one of our um, therapy sessions and kind of this thing that he does when he perceives like a threat or if something makes him uncomfortable, he, you know, kind of turns inward and shuts off. And I have to say that the the doctors and the therapists there are just absolute professionals and experts because she kind of saw Heath doing that and withdrawing from the conversation and she didn't allow it. And so she kept kind of making him stay present. And then all of a sudden this crazy reaction happened to Heath. And- yeah, I can explain that. So. <laughs> uh, I had this, I was sitting there and, uh, I don't even remember what the, what the question was or anything like that, or we were even talking about, but, um, you know, they, they, she looked at me and was like, you just turned off. I was like, what? What are you like? What do you mean? And then like, you know, then, you know, Elaine looks at me and she's like, yeah, I just saw it in your face. You just checked out. I was like, no, I was like, I'm here. And then like, 
all of a sudden I just started getting like super hot. My skin got really hot. I started sweating. It was like immediate. And I uh, started like, kind of breathing heavy. I started like laughing slash crying at the same time. It was super un- awkward and weird. <laughs> um, and then, and it was, I was like, what, and you know, what in the hell is going on right now? And then, uh, you know, the uh, social worker that was talking with us was said, you're having an emotion. You had, that's, that's how your, your body's trying to reject it and doesn't, it's been that it's been so long since your body had like a real emotion that that's the, basically the physiological reaction that it's having because, you know, it, I've just basically turned them off for so long. Yeah. So I was just completely floored when this happened because it was just like, she had just opened up the floodgates here and I had never seen him really have much emotion, let alone like a flood of emotions coming out. So I didn't even know, you know, what to say or what to do, but it was really cool because I think they know when to push and they know when to pull back. I mean, they're just absolutely amazing. They really do. Yeah. At NICO. They, they, you know, she, you know, I, I was talking with her, you know, all the time, uh, all the way up until this point. And, um, yeah, it was just, it, it was, like I said, very awkward and weird, uh, point. It, it did happen to me once I, uh, continued, uh, therapy. Once I got here to Colorado Springs, it happened to me one other time. And then now it doesn't, it, it didn't happen to that extent. It happened like very quick and very short and then like and then it just kind of stopped happening you know because my body's getting used to having emotions the normal emotions that every you know every living human has so um yeah so now it doesn't obviously it doesn't happen anymore but that was it was very like i said weird and awkward when it did yeah but just seeing that and you know just being at nico and and definitely getting the um education and learn about neuroscience and neuroplasticity and all of that that absolutely fascinated me and when we came home from NICO I think I bought bought like 10 books or something on how to change your brain and neuroplasticity and mindfulness and all of that and then I became I had had a group fitness background but I got really into yoga and meditation and um, became a trauma-informed uh, certified yoga teacher specifically for military. So it, it really had a huge and profound influence on me, even just going there for a week and getting the education. So, yeah, it was it was a, quite an amazing place. Yeah, learning why the why art, you know, and drawing and painting and why, like, playing music, why that has basically a balancing effect on you know, our, in our brains and why that is therapy and what it does. It's, it's really, to me, that was half the battle. I'm a very analytical and think logical person. I think most, I think most DOD techs are. Um, so when I learned why that happens and why, um, why it is therapy, therapeutic to do these things, it really made a big difference, uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for sharing that. And, I think what I'm gaining from the answers that you provided and your experience is that it really opened up another level of communication and understanding between both of you to better understand how the body functions both physically and mentally under under stress and how that builds up over time. 
Can you tell me, has it improved your communication and and your life moving forward now that you're post NICO? And how has that helped with your family and friends? And just did it give you a better oh, yeah. understanding? Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, it's helped with our communication quite a bit. Um, one, because I can, I think I can remember a little bit more. Like I was, you know, you learn, you know, how I, I mentioned before, you know, your memories don't get stored properly when you're in that fight or flight uh, part of the brain constantly. Mm-hmm. So knowing and noticing myself and being self-aware and that mindfulness uh, and learning, okay, when I'm there, because like if I, if I walk into a room and I completely start, you know, forgetting things or why am I here or forget where I'm driving to and that type of stuff, then I know I'm, I know I need to uh, do a meditation. I need to do I need to balance myself out real quick mm-hmm. or start doing some of these techniques, grounding techniques that you know that pull you back in to the present. So um, for me, that's I think that's where. I learned, you know, to be able to communicate better because I, you know, I'm more present. So you can't really communicate with somebody if you're not really there. So, um, so for me, that's where I think I, uh, got, got a lot better. Yeah. I think that was huge for me is his realization that he was checking out a lot of the time. And, you know, I was somebody who was experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And so, when he would come home and I would have a situation or a problem or, you know, something going on and, you know, he would check, you know, check out and I would be like, that adds a whole nother amount of stress and anxiety. Cause I feel like the weight of the world, you know, like this problem is only my problem now. Mm-hmm. And so just having him kind of know that he was checking out and kind of, not just letting me deal with the problems alone. Like I know he was there and he was going to help deal with it, but you know, there was an element that, you know, I'm in this alone. And um, so I think that was really helpful. I think that we really hold each other accountable to doing a lot of the things that keep us present and mindful. Like, Um, if he sees me stressing out and I'm just walking around the house, like, you know, a mad woman, he's like, go to the gym, like, you know, do a guided meditation in the steam room, go to yoga, you know, and, and vice versa. I can kind of tell when he's, you know, going on autopilot and I can kind of, you know, pull him back in too, because we, we know the signs of each other now. Mm-hmm. So that's been extremely helpful and it's really helped. I think our relationship has been the best that it's been in, in quite a long time. So that's really great. Yeah. And also, you know, with my, my, my kids. So, you know, I, I look back, you know, when I was, you know, my oldest son, does uh, cross country and he would come in first and second place in the school district and i'd be clapping and smiling you know and I, I thought i was being you know proud and happy because that's just that's you know so, so it was very i don't want to say fake i'm clapping I, i'm smiling yeah, this means i'm this happy. Means I'm happy type <laughs> thing you know i didn't i wasn't really feeling anything on the inside but then i didn't know i wasn't feeling anything on the inside you know and it wasn't until after NICO and started doing these things, you know, all these techniques to balance out that, you know, I'd pick up my, you know, I'd pick up my younger son and I'd hold him and like, I would actually feel that connection, 
that I, you know, hadn't felt for years, mm-hmm. you know, also with my, my oldest son, you know, I see him play hockey now and it's like, I, I am super ha- happy and proud and I do feel it on the inside now, you know, but I went for so long without feeling it that I didn't know what I didn't know type thing. So having that connection piece is, uh, you know, huge for being for transition also, um, cause a lot of guys lose their identity and that connection with the military. So you have to find a connection, uh, with, you know, with, with, with everything else. So, um, and I think that's where guys kind of run into some issues is if this stuff is kind of going on, they won't have a connection piece because, you know, it's been, it's been subdued or, you know, it's been kind of turned down, you know? So, um, having that connection piece and, you know, is, is a part of, you know, fulfillment in life. So, you know, if you don't have that connection with people, it's, it's not, you're not living. <laughs> so I think learning to have that connection and keeping those connections with people is, uh, you know, is, is, is life. Right. Um, it's a happy right. life. Well, thank you both for sharing that. And I, I think what I would like to reiterate maybe for our listening audience is that what you both learned at NICO you've had to carry through. It wasn't just a four week, um, you know, uh, inpatient process. And then suddenly when you get home, you decide, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. It is a continual effort that you're both making to sustain and, and have a good life together. So I think that's really important. And if, and if I'm wrong, please correct me. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's yeah. uh, something that, you know, as more and more I learn about this and more and more you, you see, I don't want to get too far on, down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. but like European societies or like, uh, you know, and you compared to the American society, how American society is very, very fast, very fast paced, very stressful, you know, compared to a lot of parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, these, you know, these things happen, you know, and this way our this normal process, like I said, uh, that our brains deal with this stuff. So uh, being able to have these basically maintaining balance is, is the key and you have to, you know, put effort towards it because if you don't, then you, you know, yeah. obviously become unbalanced. And that's what I say. I just say, you know, it works if you work it. <laughs> right. Right. And you have to practice. Yeah. And it's a yes. continual effort. And yeah. I, I have another question that's kind of a uh, segues off of this, but in addition to the practices that you actually learned at NICO, um, do you guys, uh, have a, a counselor that you see and, and check in with, or how does that work for you guys? I, uh, I did, uh, once I got back here, um, because, you know, one of the things I think I had issues with obviously was the emotion part. And that's why I don't think I coped with anything while I was going, you know, while I was going through it, everything was just kind of turned off and I didn't know. Cause you know, like I said, there's basically a shell built up around my emotion. And, um, once, you know, we were able to unlock those emotions and they come out, then you need, then it's time to kind of cope. It's kind of time to deal with some of the things it didn't deal with in the past. So, um, I, I was seeing a, uh, on the, on base therapist, uh, out here and, uh, you know, we started talking about some of the things that just kind of stuck in my mind, you know, and he'd kind of explain, okay, well, this is why they're sticking in your mind. And, uh, you know, and then they go through all, you know, that whole process. So, yeah. And it's, a constant unlocking. I, I think especially when you've dealt with a lot of trauma or a lot of situations and you hadn't been dealing with them. Um, you know, I, I was seeing a counselor and I kind of 
graduated out of that. She was like, you're, you know, doing all the things that kind of keep you mentally healthy and mentally well, but you know, then something comes up, you know, like we just had some, I just had something come up, um, a couple weeks ago and it kind of opened a lot of new emotions for me. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's time to go back and, and talk this out. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's really no shame in it. It's just getting, you know, kind of talking it out because there's just so many emotions that constantly can come up from time to time. And just to help somebody, you know, delve through them with you is, is really awesome. I think. Yeah. Getting the, you know, we look at it like, like I kind of alluded to before we look at mental health, you know, maintenance and and physical fitness, you know, kind of the same way, you know, you wouldn't work out just one arm, you know, or balance, you know, or one leg, Mm -hmm. you're going to get an injury that way. So, you know, you have all these other techniques and all these other things to work out you know, your brain. So you become, like I said, more balanced and, uh, present. Yeah. Or you want to, you know, take your fitness goals to a new level. Well, what do you do? You hire a trainer. So why wouldn't you do that when you're trying to elevate your mental state as well? So that's just kind of how we feel about it. Uh, These are, uh, these are all excellent points and I really appreciate you sharing this with our audience. And I think it's very important, uh, we spoke with uh, Dr. Tanis Kruger here locally, and she talked about how wellness was a deliberate process to take actions in order to have a satisfying life, and you guys are certainly living that out. And uh, this is kind of a quick question. I don't want to go into too, too deep into this, and I don't want to touch into Humble Warrior Wellness or your transition just yet. But okay. one of the things I want to ask you guys, just just you know, quickly, briefly, um, individuals who have gone to NICO before uh, that we have spoken to over the years – come away with something that they were like, I'm taking this with me. This is something that I'm going to do for myself. You guys have talked about that already. You've already described what, what you took from it, but could you say briefly, what was it at NICO that you thought, Hey, wait a minute. Not only could I do this for myself, but we could do this for others. We could take this and make it our own and help others. What were they just quickly that that you took out of there and said this is what we want to take forward and help others with i think for both of us it's the fact and the ability that the brain can be healed and the brain can be changed um do, do you agree with that Heath, uh, yes the, the the education piece yeah the education piece and like some of these um practices and therapies that you don't need you don't have to have a doctor for you know, if you know how to do it properly, if you've been taught how to, you know, meditate properly, um, you know, just going and sitting in the sauna and relaxing for a little bit like that, all that has a, you know, huge impact, you know, basically so, self-care, yeah. um, bringing in an element of self-care and it's not just bubble baths and pedicures, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of things that you can do to keep yourself, um, mentally and emotionally balanced that doesn't require um, seeking help of a doctor. So very easy things that you can do on your own. And and it's one of those things that I'm going to go, like I said, I want to try to be a little bit quick about it, but it's one of those things that if you lock up your emotions and if you're not balanced and your your emotions are all kind of locked up, then you're not going to really understand if something you saw or did 
on the job or anything is affecting you because you're kind of numbed out to it. So some of the, a lot of these practices are trying to basically balance that out and keep your emotions there. So keep your emotions present and alive. So if something does happen and it bothers you, you know, it bothers you. Right. Well, I think that's a really, a really good point. And it, it leads me into my next question, um, which is about, your experience at NICO and what you took from there and how you're going to help others. And um, can you tell us how the concept of humble warrior wellness center came to be? And also um, the new undertaking, just explain that, but also potential future plans and your hopes and dreams for, for this business. Yeah, sure. Um, so when we left NICO, like I said, I kind of alluded to before, I was like, wow, why is there only, you know, these, you know, elite special operations guys here. Like where, what about the, the army infantry guy? What about, you know, the guys, you know, a lot of some other EOD techs and in, in units that didn't have, weren't afforded this opportunity to come here. And then we started thinking, I was like, well, what about the police? They're, they are basically kind of deploying every day in their home, you know, their home cities and states. And then it's like, well, the fire department guys, what about all the emergency medical workers? They're seeing trauma every day in the emergency room. Um, we're like, well, do they know about all this stuff? You know, you know, they, they understand like ways, you know, do they have therapies or they have uh, resources that they can, you know, if they can tap into for this stuff. So that's a uh, kind of where we went down that, you know, that, that hole. Yeah. And it had kind of, you know, when we got home from NICO and I got really into mindfulness and yoga, and then I became trauma-informed yoga teacher, and then it was just kind of going to start out as a yoga studio for veterans and first responders. But then it's like, well, you know, there there's a million places that they can go for yoga. So then we started like brainstorming and bringing in ideas and kind of things that had helped us in our kind of journey. So we started bringing in, you know, wanting to bring in the float pods and alpha stim and acupuncture. And we both, you know, really love meditating in a eucalyptus steam room. And so we were kind of like, well, there's nothing out there like this that brings these mindfulness, um, holistic therapies to a local level, like after you leave NICO. And so that's really kind of what we wanted to bring to the table. If one person doesn't like yoga, try something else. There's a million methods you can do to keep you mindful and present and, you know, balancing out the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So we kind of wanted a, a one-stop kind of shop for that. And then we also wanted to bring in the like-minded environment with, you know, all these people in a hyper-vigilant work environments. They all kind of, they all get it. They all are there for the same reason. They understand, uh, you know, trauma and. Creating a sense of community. Yeah. Cause so, that's so important yeah. in healing. Yeah. It works with, uh, you know, uh, child abuse, powers, women, alcohol anonymous, you know, that the group therapy and, the, and having that community is huge. So why wouldn't we do that with this also? And that's kind of also eradicating the stigma of mental health and, and self-care and all of that. And it doesn't, you know, make it seem feminine or, you know, like have this kind of connotation to it. It's Yeah, you know, we had, you know, I saw, I saw guys come back from Nike before I went and they were, you know, I asked them how it was and they said, oh, it was awesome. And then. They're like, well, now I'm back here and it's kind of, 
you know, it's back to business as usual. And a lot of guys would fall off the wagon. So I would, you know, having a place dedicated for uh, these demographics, I think is key because I mean, there, there, there are other foundations and other thing, uh, other foundations out there that'll pay for a lot of these therapies, but it's all basically at the pri- in the private sector. So, you know, a veteran or somebody going to a yoga studio, uh, you know, with, you know, just the general public, uh, you know, I think can be a little bit uncomfortable, but if they're just surrounded by other veterans or, you know, or police or emergency medical workers, fire department personnel, it's, you know, there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that lets, like Elaine said, um, creating that sense of community so they can basically start talking about it there within the, the facility. And that way they become more comfortable there and then it'll spread basically to their workplaces. Yeah. And there's so many great retreats out there. All of these great places where it's kind of like a humble warrior, but it's a four week program. And then you come back and there's nothing really there on a local level. So we kind of wanted to add in kind of like a brain gym (laughs) that you can kind of come in and add it to your weekly routine or your daily routine. And, um, it's there for you to practice as many times a week as you need to. So you guys are, uh, starting this now in Colorado Springs and, uh, what are your, what are your future plans? So we just got our official 501c3, um, at the end of July. And we're currently looking for a building to operate out of here in Colorado Springs. And then um, just looking for, you know, partnership, sponsorship opportunities um, so that we can, you know, kind of have this be um, free of charge to our humble warriors so that they can come in using donations and it's not taking money out of their pocket to kind of practice their mental and emotional wellness especially for some of these guys i think uh and girl and girls that he, you know if if you don't know this stuff or don't know understand how you know these professions have have an effect on you then it's kind of hard to get somebody to come into a place and say oh come work on your mental wellness well i'm fine you know that's what i thought so um i think you know, having uh, pillar seminars also is what we're planning on having, uh, you know, experts in, you know, hitting the different uh, wellness pillars, you know, financial, emotional, physical, nutritional. Part yeah, physical, talking but, about sleep hygiene and, you know, just the whole umbrella of wellness will be kind of talked about during the um, pillar seminars. So we can talk about financial peace, sleep hygiene, talk about you know, um, spousal resilience and we can teach them how to meditate, how to do breath work. So just different seminars would touch on different things just for educational purposes of it all. That's awesome. Thanks guys for sharing that with us. And also for all that you're doing for veterans and first responders, for those out in the audience that want to learn more about the humble warrior wellness center, where do they go? Where do you direct them to go to? Well, so I just got um, <laughs> kind of somebody saying that the the name is too long, but uh, sorry, so bear with me. But if you want to go to the website, um, it's www.humblewarriorwellnesscenter.org. 
So I know that's long. I'm sorry, but it should be easy if you just remember Humble Warrior Wellness Center. And then um, I respond to messages pretty quickly. So if anybody has questions on there, and then if you go to that website, that can also link you to our Facebook and Instagram and um, our LinkedIn as well. Great. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, so I want to ask both of you uh, a couple questions. And I'm going to start off with you, Heath. Uh, okay. If you could give one piece of advice for new EOD techs, or even those transitioning out of the military, what would it be? Probably that you need to take mental health maintenance uh, seriously. For, for new guys, learn about it. Learn about the autonomic nervous system. Learn about you know what's going to happen. Learn about that so that information is out there. There's ways to stay balanced while you're still in, while you're doing all this, and uh, stay healthy. Um, so I think, so you can do it longer, so you can do it longer and better. And then you're not, you know, you don't end up like me at the end of your career, all bundled up and all this stuff is a surprise. There's enough information out there now and research that, uh, we know what's, what happens. And like I said before, it's not a matter of if, in my opinion, it's, uh, when and to what extent, um, these, these jobs, uh, will, will affect you. Um, that's for the new guys, for those transitioning out, get help. Even if you don't think you need it, <laughs> if you start noticing um, something's just not, something's just off. Or uh, if your wife is telling or your you. Wife, yeah. <laughs> or your wife is telling you this, you know, other family members and stuff. Um, go talk to somebody. There's, we, we, we know about this stuff and it can be fixed. It's, 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 it's an injury, just like a physical injury. It can, uh, it can be fixed. Thanks, Heath. Thank you for, for sharing that for uh, new techs and also for those transitioning out. And I, I agree with you. That's great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. And Elaine, if you could provide one self-care tip to our EOD spouses out there and military spouses, what would it be? I would definitely say that um, being a wife or a spouse um, – to an EOD tech or elite military and so many deployments, um, you do kind of tend, or at least for me, I um, kind of lost a sense of my own identity and um, my own personal goals and uh, passions. So I would say really, really try and take time for yourself and try and figure out what you can do um, you know, during these times when, when your husband is in to, you know, what fills your cup, what, what brings you passion, what brings you purpose and try and do something of that matter, you know, do something that makes you feel like you, because you can tend to learn, lose your identity, um, constantly doing the deployments and taking care of the children and doing all the housework and shopping. So, um, it, it can kind of take over. So do something that makes you feel like you. Thank you, Elaine. Um, well, um, we have certainly enjoyed our conversation with both of you and appreciate the time that you have, have given us to talk about your experiences and, and what can help our, our military family out there. And we always like to end on a lighter note. So what we're going to do is do a couple of questions that are about your favorites. And (laughs) Elaine, I'll start with you. Okay. So um, can you tell me 
what your favorite relaxation method is. Um, I got to go with yoga or meditation in eucalyptus steam room. Okay. All right. <laughs> cool. And let me ask you about that, the meditation in a eucalyptus steam room. So is that something that you can create in your own, you know, like bathroom I, i'm curious i don't know i think that you for- can we actually we have it at our gym but there oh, is okay. a um little kind of tool or a- yeah there's like a a thing you can add to your own showers you can change you can um oh yeah you can do it you can bring it into your own house okay uh, we haven't done that yet we've I been talking about it mm-hmm. um gotcha but because uh, that's his favorite. That's also my favorite. Too, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. I I just curious because not everyone you know has a gym membership or you know has right. the, has that ability to go to a gym or what have you. So I was just asking. Well, that's what that. we're trying to change. That's what we're trying to <laughs> yeah, change. Understand. Understand. And just also understanding, like uh, before the 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 steam, you know, creates heat on your skin. You got the scent in your in your in your nose. You feel the heat, so it's very easy to stay present. I think that's why it's a. Uh, I think it's, it's engaging one of our, it's a lot engaging. of the senses, so it's it's very good to meditate when you're doing that. Right. Okay. Perfect. And, Sorry. Um, no, <laughs> we it's went fine. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. And I I think we could collectively say that maybe that's your you know. Heath loves the steam and you love yoga and the steam. So that seems like a a good relaxation method for both of you. Yeah. Um, So Elaine, how about a favorite movie? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Okay. So I have to say probably the big Lebowski are maybe almost famous too. Those are my two faves. Okay, cool. And one more, how about um, a favorite vacation spot? See, we don't vacation a lot, but we always go, we both kind of grew up going to the Ozarks, or I did, and then since we've been married, we go to the Ozarks, and it's nothing like the TV show, I promise. Well, maybe a little bit, but okay. not not too much, but we love the Ozarks. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Mike and I are huge fans of Ozark, so we're, we're looking forward to the next season coming out, but... Um, yeah, so are we. Yeah, it's, it's really intriguing. It's a train wreck. I can't <laughs> can't wait <laughs> <laughs> there's maybe a little truth but not too too much okay perfect <laughs> right thank you elaine <laughs> no problem okay heath what's your favorite movie i'm gonna have to go with pulp fiction pulp fiction yes that is a classic and how about your favorite time of the year i really like late fall right into winter Nice. What is it about late fall into winter that you like? Uh, just seeing snow-capped mountains. I like skiing, mm-hmm. snowshoeing. Love hiking. So you know, hiking during all that and being out and all that's just very, very pretty. So would that also be your favorite outdoor activity? It sure is. <laughs> gotcha. And do you and uh, do you have a vac- favorite vacation spot? Although I know Elaine said you guys don't get to vacation very often, but any, um, any place you want to go to, or you guys want to go? We, to, uh, to we went to Europe. We went to Europe a little while ago. Went to Italy and uh, Ireland. Um, I'd love to go back there. Uh, I really liked Ireland, and I'd like to, you know, explore uh, Scotland 
and stuff. So I really like the history and um, in France also, like the history, uh, all, all that, that time area. Yeah. That time area. Great history Nicole. and beautiful, beautiful places to go mm-hmm. look at. Well, again, we thank you both so much for your time and uh, looking forward to our listeners being able to learn more about your experiences and also about Humble Warrior Wellness Center and and what's happening for that in the future. And, uh, you know, thank you both and best of luck to both of you. Um, Heath, as you transition from military to civilian and we, you know, thank you both for your service. Absolutely. Thank you guys for being on. Thank you guys. We appreciate you guys giving us a platform for humble warrior and for just allowing us to tell our stories in hopes that it can help somebody out there with, you know, along with their journey. So we really appreciate you guys having us on. Yeah. So thank you, thank for all you so do. much. Yeah. Thank you for all you do too. Absolutely. It's an, it's a pleasure and an honor. So thanks guys. you guys have a great weekend. Yep. Take care. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our behind the warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.